Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Good evening. You're listening to Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy another episode of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. Today is February 21st, 2022. Some people would call it President's Day, but I remember it and it'll always be etched into my brain. On this day, 57 years ago, the world lost one known as El Haj Malik El Shabazz, also known to the world as Malcolm X when he was assassinated while he was speaking at uh, Manhattan's Autobahn Ballroom. So just wanted to throw that out there real quick, but from NJ to NC, I'm in the studio with my right-hand man, Mark Lee. So Mark, tell me what's good in your neck of the woods, my brother. Hey, everything's going well here. You know, we're having some lovely weather. It's actually like some weather that you would not be believing. It's feeling like about (laughs) 60 degrees. I think it might even get to the 70s. And we're in the latter part of February, a week from Valentine's Day, as you just said, President's Day and a number of other things going on. And I'm going like, wait a minute, this is some incredible weather we're having and all of that. But I know y'all got hit with some snow not that long ago, but maybe y'all are having some nicer well, weather right now. And of course, people are trying to pay attention <laughs> to what's going on in the Ukraine. I understand that Putin and Mr. Biden may be getting together and that they may be having a conversation about what's going on, good and bad in the world and all of that. So mm. it'll be a fantastic conversation in that sense. But I'm looking forward to finding out what folks' attitudes are and what they've got going on in their world. It ought to be truly fantastic. And of course, we're looking forward to finding out what other people have got going on in their mind and in their world. Because definitely um, a lot of people are paying attention to a number of things in that space because, you know, we all want a peaceful world and we want to have some peace. But, you know, I understand that there might even be another country that needs to be concerned about another invader because I was watching that Australia might be having the Chinese doing some actions on them and everything. So we got different folks that are doing different things around the world. It's all part of that global theater that they call it and things along those lines, that truly great global theater that exists. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this whole world. And I just had the pleasure of talking to uh, Miss Givens, who is involved in politics and involved in race relations, has written a book about racism and the fact that she has actually proven that it still exists. And we had a fantastic conversation on one of the shows that I do for the international broadcast media. But she was like, yeah, don't have folks tell you that racism doesn't exist. It might be a social construct but it does still exist. And she gave some statistics, including some around the amount of women in engineering and the amount of folks that are having a hard time getting houses if they are of a certain melanated complexion and all of that. So she was definitely breaking it down and giving some hard facts that some people may not want to hear on this particular day of (laughs) President's Day, since we know that some of these things actually started with some of our early presidents that were actually also slave owners as well. So we can't like let them off the hook just because they might be sitting on Mount Rushmore and not acknowledge some of the other things that they did that were wrong. Yeah, if you had slaves, that just negated everything else that you did, in my opinion. You know, and some people will say that, 
you know, that was the time during that period. Slavery was what brought the business. I'm like, yeah, I still don't want to hear it because there were Quakers also during that time that were helping those who ran away get the freedom. So you had a choice of which side you wanted to be on and you chose, you know, and, and then we talk about racism. Yes, racism indeed still exists. There's some people that say, I don't see color and all of those different little sayings sounds nice, but it still exists, you know, and then when is it going to go away? Maybe our grandchildren will get it right, you know, but for right now, it still exists. People still suffer and, and actions come from it. Just in um, here in New Jersey, it was a mall fight. And when the police came, they assumed that one was melanated and one was not. The one that they assumed that was not melanated, they sat him down on a, uh, on a couch. Mm. The, the one who they believe was melanated got knees in his back, handcuffed and everything else. What they failed to realize is the one who they thought was not melanated is of Colombian and Pakistani descent. Oh, wow. And he and his parents say, you know what? What they did to the other young man was definitely biased and there was racially uh, disparate treatment. So they, you know what? Sometimes when you think you have the right answer, but you taking the wrong test, it might not turn out too well for you. And that's what they get. That's what they get because good people are good people, but all people don't seem to realize that. Some people just don't seem to understand that. They seem to be thinking that uh, bad people are going to be coming in one shade or another when we know that bad people and good people can come in uh, different shades, all kinds of shades, and just along those lines. But sometimes people don't want to understand that. They want to think that it's only their shade and that only their shade can be good and or bad. And we know that that is definitely not the case whatsoever because people can come in all varieties of styles and shapes and the things along those lines. But, you know, sometimes people don't want to believe that. They want to think that it's their way or the highway. And we know that that is thoroughly not the case. But, you know, not everybody wants to believe that. They want to think one way or the other. But I just don't get it when people try to tell me that racism doesn't exist or they want to tell me that they don't understand why we need quotas. And, you know, we've got some people that don't understand why we would might want our 40 acres and a mule and why we might be concerned about getting generational wealth. Generational wealth is very important. And you got some folks that do not understand that and think that it's something that is not important in the least bit. But what do they know? They are not following the stories and things along those lines. But I am (laughs) glad to say that I can say that a couple of teams, including, I believe, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the um, Minnesota Vikings have gone and hired some African-Americans in positions of high power. So that was some good news that I saw. I saw that we got a general manager who is a young fellow, I believe, of Nigerian descent. And I believe that Pittsburgh has hired some folks in their coaching to the staff that might be of melanated descent and all of that. But, you know, we still got a long ways to go because that's just one victory. We still got a lot more victories that we've got to get before we can truly be happy. And, you know, it's just a minor victory. And minor victories are good, but we need some major victories. That's what I think about it. But what are your thoughts on that? Have we had enough victories or do we need to get some more big-time victories? You know what? Uh, to me, the argument about why 
the coaching situation, let's let's go a little further. Let's let's go into let's find out what one has to do to own a team, you know, mm-hmm. to become general managers of teams or in that front house. Not so much on the sideline, you know, like we fuss, but we're not fussing enough. And yes, okay, you can say, well, there are no black coaches in this profession or this job, but what about going past that? Let's go. If you can get the platinum, why are you stuck on the goal? Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and with things, the way that they've changed and, you know, if you have, you got to find backers and all that stuff. I understand that, but still, what about team ownership? Now you can kind of, you know, you can kind of, well, from a coach's perspective too, you can kind of call shots and say who you need, when you need them and how you need them. But you got to be able to, to, to speak that up. If you don't say anything, you know, like I was looking at the Brian Flores incident and, you know, they said, well, he had a winning season. He still got fired. Well, that's the team's prerogative. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, we don't know what else had taken place past what we see. And a lot of times we make decisions on what's presented to us, but we don't ask the extra questions. Not saying that anything happened there, but what if it did? I need to know that. Before I can say this is wrong, this should be a certain way, this is not right, this should be changed, give me the whole story. Now, I want to know everything. At that point, I want to know everything, good and bad, things that, what did you do? What did they do? Now I can kind of look at the picture. I can't watch a movie with watching the first 30 seconds and then making a decision on the entire movie. I'm just one of those people. I want to see the whole thing. So you ask me what I feel about it. I don't because I don't know the whole story. So can I say it's wrong? Not really. I can form an opinion, but that might be wrong too. You know, and I need to, I just want to know what else took place. Now, if there's some other things that the team did that was downright wrong, then, yeah, you might have a hell of a case right there. But without those things and it's coming out, you know, and it becomes one-sided because you'll say, this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay, but when you had a job, you didn't say nothing. What? Why didn't you call them on their bullshit when they did it? Why? Because you were getting a check. And sometimes, you know, when you get that check, you're like, you know what? I could deal with it. It's all right. I put up with it just a little bit longer and see what happens. And then that check stops coming. It's like, oh, so you had me hold these secrets for you. And now you don't want to pay me. Okay. Let me tell everybody what's going on. But by then it's like, you should have called them on it. If you know it's wrong and you feel that it's ethically or morally wrong, call them on it at the expense of, you're already doing it because at the expense of what you did, they're more than likely nobody's ever going to hire you as a head coach again because they don't want to deal with what you're bringing to the table now. And they know what you're looking out for us, and they don't want to deal with it. That's the way they play the game. Unfortunately, this game was decided a certain way and set up a certain way when they dragged us over here, and I'll put it like that. Because I no. Nobody signed up for all expense paid trip to the new world. You know no, what I mean? Nobody signed up for that at all. Not at all. They they got jacked. Like, yo, you come in here. A lot of our people didn't make it. And the ones that did, you know, um, I was looking at something. I got to finish watching it about the Clotilda, which 
They burned the boat over boarded down there in Alabama, took the slaves into the woods, set the boat on fire, and they found the remains of the the ship down in the lake. Oh wow. <laughs> so it's still down there, but you know what I'm saying? Like they they destroyed the evidence so nobody, I guess, could figure out, hey, you bought some more slaves. And at that time, bringing slaves over to this country, they said it was illegal, but, you know, it was still happening. So, I, you know, it's, it still goes on. There, there's still individuals who cannot rent in certain places because of the way that they look. And that's actually one of the things that Miss Gibbons brought up was that she is even known of some cases recent times. I'm not talking about old times. I'm talking about recent times where racism was uh, still existing, even in the sense of where you could uh, rent a home and things of that nature. As a matter of fact, I think she said there were some places in Texas that still had some things around color and things of those lines. But you got folks that don't believe that. And, you know, you're talking about uh, the whole nature wow. of um, having folks... Um, understanding the consequences of what they do. You know, there's been a recent documentary, and I actually brought this up on one of my shows, about two fatal crashes. And apparently it was because of the fact that we were using some high-tech kind of equipment, you know, in terms of like the robot aspect of technology. And I think one of them might've been Boeing and everything, but they forgot to do the important thing, which is that you, even if you get that high-tech equipment, you still gotta have human insight. And there wasn't enough insight. And that's why a lot of people lost their lives because they didn't have the insight and the ability to actually bring it to the forefront what they needed to do and all of that. So that's another thing mm -hmm. that goes on sometimes. You'd be sitting there going like, wait a minute, is this actually true that we got this going on in the 21st century that folks are not doing what they're supposed to do insight wise and causing all that kind of trouble? It's just wrong on so many levels. Yes, <laughs> super wrong. And, and they go about their business like everything is still a-okay. That's the confusing part to me, you know? But then again, I shouldn't be confused, should I? I should know better. <laughs> you should I definitely should know, know better. better? I guess I should, you know what I mean? But, you know, a lot of people don't know better on a lot of things. And you go in there like, why don't we know better? We're supposed to know better, but we don't know better. We'd be sitting there going like, everything's going to be hunky-dory. Everything's going to be well with the world and all of that. And, you know, you still got some folks out there that are confused about um, what side of the political spectrum they want to lay it on, whether they want to be very conservative or whether they want to be very liberal. And both me and you know that there are probably bad folks on both sides. So we can't try to like say that all the Tea Party is wrong or that all the AOC squad is right, because we do know that there can be bad folks on both sides of that agreement. But I did see that here they're about to, in North Carolina, they're about to uh, change the um, maps and everything. So some people are trying to decide whether they're going to run in one side or another uh -oh. based on the way that they are changing the gentrified maps. So we got some gentrified maps going on, and we know what happened in Texas. We know that North Carolina had its rules, and the last time they actually said it was too far going to the Republican side, so they had to redraw them. And we'll see whether these ones stand up. But I know my friend Steve Rao, who I do the morning show with, on international broadcast media. He's thinking about running for something. And we got some other people that are thinking about running as well. And of course, on that same line, we've also got the mask thing going on. So we've got people doing the whole mask thing, trying to decide whether they want to get the mask or not have the mask in their districts, whether that's oh, yeah. in North Carolina or whether that's in other parts of the country. I know here I was talking to a school teacher friend 
in Wake County, which is where Raleigh is, their masks are actually going off in terms of indoor masks on Friday. Durham and Chapel Hill, wow. or that being Orange County, they said not so fast. Not so fast. We need some more proof that things are calmed down and that folks aren't going to be getting sick and sicker. So we need some more proof before we're going to take our mask off. So they said not so fast. Raleigh, the state capital, said go for it and all of that. But how are they doing with the mask up there in New Jersey? A lot of people still wearing them or are they looking at y'all like y'all are crazy? No, we still that's a I think it's a bigger thing up here with having your mask on, you know, still places that you go. People will look at you like you're crazy if you're coming in without one. It's starting to lessen lighten up a little bit in some places, but it's still required. You know what I mean? So, you know, we still have um individuals that are still testing positive. So it's, it's I think one thing that we do as a whole, no matter where you live, is like when the cases start to go down, people start to get comfortable. So they're like, all right, well, the cases are going down so we can relax the mass. Well, it depends on where you're going. It depends on where you are, you know, and and even some um, cruise lines are going to the way of now, like their their staff is 100 percent vaccinated. They plan on having uh, cruises which are 95% vaccinated. Children that are too young to take the vaccine will have to wear masks, but then masks will be optional for adults. But with this still lingering around, you don't want to go too many places unless it's people that you know. And even then, you have to be careful because they're switching off. They're saying that the cloth mask no longer are valid where at first it was like well if you got a cloth mask you can double up you can do this you can wear the surgical mask or you can wear the uh n95 mask so now it's like well the n95 mask is the move so now you don't know which one to do with that you could go to walgreens and pick up your uh your free uh walgreens cvs kitchen i think two or three masks or whatever but still you know you want to be mindful of we don't want to go back and end up having to shut the world down again you know because when the world shut down no one was used to that and all of a sudden it was like okay well this is what's happening but what do we do oh we can't go anywhere movie theaters restaurants everything is closed down okay well what are we gonna do you know your meetings one good thing did come out of it, and I, I'll say that about uh, meetings. I used to hate having to go with all the stuff that I do, meeting here, meeting here, meeting here. I'm always out the house. So now all of those meetings became virtual spaces. I get to log in, click. <laughs> I can be on more than one meeting. I don't have to decide which meeting am I going to this and which, you know, I could put both of them on and kind of like split my listening as best I can, turn one up, turn one down when I think they talk about something important. But now I've attended two meetings in one sitting. You know, those are some positives that came out, some negatives that came out. People got paid to sit at home that didn't even work in the first place. Well, so, then they, so then they start getting money every, you know, every what week or so. I don't even know how much they got paid because I had to go to work. So, you know, now all of those individuals 
got the child credits and all of that. We already talked about how the government is hitting them in the backside of their head. Like, we gave you that money that was actually a loan. We fronted it to you. We want it back. It's tax time. You know, so now what are you going to do? But what are you going to do about the individuals who were not working at all before the pandemic? And then you started paying them every week. And some people got paid more than what they got paid at the regular job. So when their jobs opened back up, they were like, you know what? I'm going to set this one out, coach. And they kept getting the money from the government. How are we going to fix that? Now it's become something that spiraled out of control. They start offering those uh, payday protection loans. And people got real creative with those. Mm. You know, people who had no real business whatsoever. They were claiming employees and businesses and getting, I mean, six-figure loans, seven-figure loans. And I think they didn't realize it, it was a loan. You will have to pay that back at some point. But when they started catching those folks like, hey, you defrauded the government. So now they're giving out federal prison time because you gave half a million dollars to somebody who had no real legitimate business. But wow. I can't but I can't get my student loans discharged. See what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. Well, I was just seeing that uh, we got all kinds of things going on. Like we're talking about with the mass and the student loans. We've also got people that are thinking that COVID is over and all of that. But apparently the COVID totals in some countries are not all that great. They said the COVID total in Italy, they had 24,408 infections and 201 deaths. And that wow. was just earlier today and everything. So that was just going on in terms of what they've got going on. I wonder if this is cumulative or if this was just kind of like on today. But either way, that's a lot of folks. That's probably a cumulative amount. But either way, that's a whole lot of folks and everything. Yeah. You know, you got some folks that would tell you that it's all over. Don't worry about it. We're done. Everything's copacetic and all of that. But apparently not. Because apparently there's some major issues going on in that sense. But you got some folks that would tell you that don't worry about it. Everything is cool. You don't have to worry about it in the least bit and things along those lines. But what is your thoughts? Uh, folks may be rushing too much to the uh, thought that we are done with this whole COVID thing. And I've also heard what I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a driver, but this is actually slightly different on another topic, but it does have to do with our economy, just like COVID does. But I heard recently that, um, there was a whole amount of folks that were uh, dealing with high gas prices in California. Apparently, they was like, damn, there could be $5 a gallon coming up and everything. And I'm going like, that's a whole lot of money to be spending on gas and things along those lines. But one, do you think that COVID is done? And two, uh, are the gas prices climbing like that over there in um, their part of your world there <laughs> in New Jersey? You know what? Is, is one indicator, and, and people have to pay attention to what's going on. Yes, the gas prices have been going up. In the last month, I think gas went from 309 to now 359 per gallon. And when you look at it, at first, you see it climbing up, but it climbs up in increments. So it'll be like 309, 313, 321. 328 you know and it goes all the way up and it's like how is it keep how does it keep increasing but then you see that we're in the middle of somebody else's business and you kind of get it 
Usually when the United States gets into somebody else's business, the gas prices start to creep on up. They creep on up. In places like Florida and California, I can just imagine mm. how much a gallon of gas is in California or in Florida because those are the places that got hit the last time. You know, Florida was at like $4.85 a gallon. And I'm like, one gallon of gas? You know what? I don't see me driving too many places. <laughs> not not for that price. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't do it? You gonna, you gonna stay right where you are? I'm gonna tell them, look, unless you got a way to pick me up, I don't have it in my in my budget to pay that much money for gas. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just a lot. And it, and you look at the gas, the corporations, they make trillions of dollars in a three month period. One quarter, they make twenty trillion dollars. What kind of stuff is that? That's really not you know. Right now, it says in California, a gallon of regular gasoline is four dollars and 74 cents a gallon and that is the average four dollars and 74 cents a gallon that is a whole lot and i'm just scrolling through looking at you know hawaii is four dollars and 50 cents a gallon um pennsylvania 373 new jersey is 362 Virginia is 330, 340. Wow. Uh, North Carolina is 343. You know, so it's hovering around those those numbers. Nevada is 395. 395. <laughs> Oregon is 399. You know, so when you look at this and it's like, are you serious? Like, oh man, listen, I think I'm gonna sit this one out. I'm not going to many places if I have to drive. Because it can, it'll put a toll on, you know, that's a lot. But $474 is the highest price on this list in California. Oh, no. That's just too much. I cannot do that. That is just too much totally and all of that. I don't even know how they can think about those kind of charges and everything. That's just way too much money. And I'm going like, that's just crazy. How are you going to afford that kind of money? You can't. Yeah, because I'm looking at these other ones, man. It said uh, California gas prices are sky high with one town charging almost $8 a gallon. It's charging how much a gallon? $8. $8 a gallon. I thought that's what you said. Man, listen. I'm sorry. Yep. Charging $7.59 a gallon for regular unleaded and nearly $8.50 for premium. Now, this article is from uh, the Los Angeles Times from October. So I could just imagine how much that town is charging now. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's just too much to be charging. I'm pulling off at the pump, man. I'm going to try to take my chances. Are you Are you not <laughs> going to the pump, or are you going to go somewhere else for the pump? I mean, I'm going to have to do something, but good gracious, if I lived over there, I would really have to do something. Because you think, all right, this comes from here, uh, CBS 8, right? This was yesterday. Well, updated today. Today's the 21st. 
Yeah, today's the 21st. Yeah, so it's so on Monday, the average price of a gallon of self-serve regular gasoline in San Diego County hit a record high of $4.74 one day after a run of 18 increases in 20 days ended. Wow. As for last year, this time it increased by $1.21. Mm. Breaking pockets. <coughs> you were breaking too many pockets in that regards. I'm going like, wait a minute, you were breaking way too many pockets. Speaking of breaking pockets, did you hear that somebody, and I forgot where it was, I think it was um, throughout the world, but there's this very popular NFT site called OpenSea. And apparently they lost a whole lot of money because somebody went in there and got like, I think it's like $1.7 million dollars that they stole from the open sea. So the open sea wow. is a very popular site that is used for putting things into the NFTs. And they said that they got ripped off. Yeah, they said that, uh, wow, there's a couple of them. But yeah, there have been a couple of them in where there was like a whole lot of money being stolen, including nearly 35 million pesos stolen from the open sea with a phishing attack. And that was two days ago. But I think this other one was more recent and all along those lines but can you imagine that you're in this whole nft space and then you're just going to be going there and then all of a sudden uh your money's gone you thought you had some money and then the money is gone man can you imagine you invested it and it's gone it's gone and you have no real way of getting it back none oh man no that's a that's a that's a hard pill to swallow man that's a hard pill to swallow that's a very hard thrill to uh, swallow. I don't know how you're going to do that in that whole NFT space and everything. Because I know I'd be, yeah, it says 1.7 million in NFTs stolen in an apparent phishing attack on OpenSea users. And this was from yesterday, $1.7 million. So they went in there and they had a phishing attack and they grabbed a whole bunch of things. And they got nearly 254 tokens were stolen over roughly three hours. So they went into the open sea on Saturday and they caught a, uh, they had a late night panic among the site's broad user bank. And definitely a spreadsheet was compiled by the blockchain security service PeckShield, And they counted 254 tokens stolen over the course of the attack, including uh, tokens from Decentraland and the board Ape Yacht Club, which I know are very popular sites oh, there in the NFT world so definitely i think some people might be having second thoughts about open sea and about the whole notion of uh being protected in that space because that's a whole lot of money to be transpired and be losing and everything and you might think that you're on the way to financial uh wealth and things along those lines and then all of a sudden you turn around and it's like wait a minute what just happened here and everything on your way to financial disaster I don't know. I just want to stick with the regular banks for right now. You know, stick with the, the regular ones, banks and maybe the regular uh, <laughs> stockholders and everything. Not even that. Just the one, the banks. When you go in and on the door, it has uh, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation (FDIC) on the door. That way, I know if if something happens, the bank of federally federally insure my account. Each one that I may have up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per account. I'll stick with that. <laughs> you now, know, they, they'll say scared money makes no money, but uh, I'd rather guarantee my guaranteed dollars be in a guaranteed space. Now, you know, there's a reason that we probably don't do skiing events and doing other events 
um, in terms of sports and all. I mean, we did have the sister that won speed skating and everything. But the finish it may have proved why we as a people do not like to ski. Because one day before the Beijing Olympics held their closing ceremony on Sunday, a shocking injury situation unfolded during the man's cross-country skiing final. Apparently, one of their finished cross-country skiers, Remy Lindholm, said that he suffered from a frozen part of the male anatomy during the man's 50-kilometer race in um, whatever part of China that they were racing at and everything. So it was apparently so frigid outside that organizers ended up delaying the start of the race as a result of freezing winds and extremely cold temperatures. The race is traditionally 50 kilometers, but was cut down to 20 kilometers due to the elements. Despite that change, Lindholm, who is only 24, still suffered this peculiar injury. You can guess which body part was a little bit frozen when I finished, Lindholm said, following the ordeal, according to Yahoo. It was one of the worst competitions I've been in. It's, I'm, it was just about battling through. Now you know why a lot of us are not trying to go skiing. Heck no. <laughs> What happened to the layers that you're supposed to put on, champ? You know, like I probably would have on three or four pair of underwear overlapping with some uh, doggone um, thermal underwear and, and, you know, come out there looking like I wear extra 20 pounds with that just to stay warm. But I know, oh, man, that's got to be rough. That has got to be rough. That has got to be That has got to be a rough way to be involved in the competition. And then uh, can you imagine at the closing ceremonies and also at the last day of the village trying to explain what your treatment was and what you had actually suffered from? You know, everybody else was having broken bones, broken this or that. And you've got to say, I've got a frozen, you know what? I got a cold, I got a cold dog, man. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's rough, man. I was like, you know what? They say, you know what? Everybody's like, yeah, we'll stick to the regular uh, hot Olympics in the summertime. You know, we're not going to deal with this right here, but. I guess it comes with that territory, man. It it's comes like... with the territory, but you know, and then I'm gonna get off this topic. But apparently, there was a man in India that says that he lost an inch and a half because of COVID. So oh. he's definitely saying that this is a concern of his. And apparently, there are some urologists that saying that this is a real concern. So right. definitely, that is another thing that might be going on with the coronavirus. So according to urologists, there have been some people that have been having issues with their, their life in general because of that impact in that part of their body. So you who knew that that was going to be another consequence of COVID. That's rough. That's Very just rough. rough. There's too many rough things going on in the world. And I mean, what are you going to do about it? I mean, like I said, that's just too many things. We're worried about, you know, the vaccine and not getting the vaccine and this or that. And now people are going to find out that they don't have to just worry about shedding but they might have to worry about losing something. Shrinkage. Totally crazy. Stuff falling off, freezing up. Yeah. Invest in some uh, warmer clothes and uh, just pay extra in the wintertime for that heat bill, man. Hey, your buddies <laughs> in Alabama are in a back in the news again. Guess why they're in the news? Oh, Lord. What did they do? Are you ready to know what the folks in Alabama did? How's that? They omitted Civil War's president Abraham Lincoln in the President's Day holiday. So apparently, Obama. I mean, apparently, they eliminated him. President's Day is a time to celebrate U.S. leaders, past and present. 
France and president, I should say. The exact details of the holiday vary from state to state, however. And in Alabama, one of the most commonly honored presidents, one who led the country through some of his darkest days, is omitted. So the President's Day holiday traces its roots to 1800 when it was set aside to honor George Washington, the nation's first leader who had died the year before. It was originally celebrated on February 22nd, the day of Washington's actual birthday. And it remained an unofficial holiday until the late 1870s when it became an official federal commemoration. It was originally celebrated only in the District of Columbia, but in 1885 was expanded to the entire country. And then in 1971, they moved it to the third Monday in February as part of what is known as the Uniform Monday Holiday Act, a change that allowed workers to have more three-day weekends. Congress also included a provision that specifically included Abraham Lincoln, who was born on February 12th, and the Washington-Lincoln combo is the most recognized one of the President's Day. Alabama's take on President's Day is unique. Alabama calls President's Day George Washington Thomas Jefferson Day. Jefferson, the third U.S. president, was born on Virginia in April. The state holiday amidst Lincoln, who led the Union against the Confederacy, made up of Alabama and other southern states during the Civil War. Other states also have a variation of the holiday, including Arkansas, which celebrates George Washington and Daisy Getson Bates Day to honor the first president and the civil rights activists who played a central role in the integration of Little Rock's Center High School in 1957. And just down from me, South Carolina celebrates Washington's birthday, President's Day, Mississippi, Georgia, and Virginia commemorate George Washington Day, and Texas and Tennessee have President's Day. But apparently Alabama is still having some issues with the Confederates losing the battle, so they have taken him off of the day of President's Day. Well, damn, talk about still mad. <laughs> well, and everywhere is different. It's the same day, but it's called something different. I see. And then, like here, it is um, uh, President's Day. That's just that. You know what I mean? So everybody calls it something different. It's weird. But we got a three-day weekend out of the deal, so I ain't going to complain. You ain't going to complain. Speaking nah. of three-day weekends and different news, I did see that Columbia's highest court has decriminalized abortion, and that follows Mexico and Argentina. So while we're having issues, and there might even be reversing the reverses way, apparently some of the other countries are going in the opposite direction. So maybe a bunch of people will be going to those countries now if we decide to do something silly and all along those lines but definitely it did say that the colombian court has uh definitely made it a little bit easier because they have decriminalized it unlike some other places so it'll be interesting to see what happens in that regards as well but it's just interesting to see different states having different rules about how they're going to handle this whole notion of abortion and whether it should be something that we should approve or not approve and apparently in colombia you can go ahead and get that abortion if you need it and all of that. And that was done by their constitutional court. And that came in the wake of similar moves, like I said, in Mexico and in Argentina. And the ruling opens the door for abortion to become widely accessible in that particular country. Having an abortion is no longer a crime under Colombian law. 
the country's top court on constitutional matters, ruled on Monday in a decision that paves the way for the procedure to become widely available across this historically conservative Catholic country. So definitely, it looks like some other countries might be doing better than we are doing. As a matter of fact, the article in the New York Times says it also comes as the United States has been moving in the opposite direction, with abortion restrictions multiplying across the country and the U.S. Supreme Court considering a case that could overrule Roe versus Wade, the 1973 ruling that established a constitutional right to abortion. And a Colombian lawyer, Marina Ardella, said this puts Colombia on the vanguard in Latin America. Um, and she's with Women's Link Worldwide and a part of the coalition that brought one of two cases challenging the criminalization of abortion. This is historic, she continued, and it means that many women, girls, and adolescents who are risking their lives in unsafe places who are being criminalized will now be protected. That is what they said in that particular case. Well, about time they realize you can't tell a well, you shouldn't be able to tell a woman what to do with her body. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and some people will argue, you know, well, it's murder, and it's, you know what? Ugh. It's one of those things where it's, it's it should be the woman's choice. So if she gets pregnant, and this goes to some detriment for some guys because they'll get a female pregnant. It's like, all right, we'll just have an abortion. She's like, you know what? Surprise. I don't believe in it. What do you do? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You cannot make her get rid of the baby or not have a child or what have you. So you have to accept the fact that you're going to be a parent, Jack, and something's getting ready to happen. By the same token, if she does not want to be a parent, she should have that right because women will have to carry the babies. Women will have to go through the pains and, you know, feet swelling, hungry, hormone, hormonal changes and all of that stuff. Things that we as men do not have to deal with. So no man can really tell a woman what she should do with her body. You makes know. a lot of sense, but you got some men out there that want to tell a woman what they ought to do, where they ought to work, all of this other kind of stuff. And I'm like you, I believe that the women are very independent and they need to be that way. And I also think that uh, just society in general needs to be independent. But you got some folks that want to try to use gender, ethnicity, and another of other mm -hmm. things to be dividing factors. And I'm going like, look, y'all just need to uh, grow up and stop acting like childish because we got too many people that are being overly childish over some things that are really not their concern, including like even right. us trying to reach into countries where we don't need to be in their regions either. But there's just too much uh, folks trying to meddle where they don't need to meddle. So I would agree with you. I know you said that about our attitudes toward war and everything, but definitely I think that there's some people that are just meddling where they don't need to be meddling in the least bit and things along those lines. Oh, wow. They say, uh, I'm sorry, I just got distracted because I was seeing it on the New York Times. A Yale's happiness professor says anxiety is destroying her students. So apparently a lot of students and young people are being um, anxious and everything. So uh, she is a Yale cognitive scientist. Lori Santos began teaching her class psychology in the good light in 2018 and become one of the school's most popular courses. The first year of the class was offered nearly a quarter of the undergraduate student body enrolled. You can see this as positive and all of that, but you could also see something melancholy in the course's popularity. And apparently she had her course 
turned into a popular podcast series called The Happiness Lab, which has definitely been popular and all of that. And now she's saying that maybe folks are uh, being a little bit burned out by all the things that are going on mm -hmm. in the world. So I'm going to reach out. Maybe I'll reach out to her and we can have The Happiness Lady come on and share as to oh, yeah. what some of the positive effects are about happiness and why folks might be less happy these days than they've been in the past, other than, of course, the pandemic. And, of course, the pandemic can lead to anxiety. So I can imagine that that's part of where she's going with is that the whole anxiety around politics and around COVID and around a number of other things that our young people are dealing with. It might even be part of the reason that some of them are dealing with bullying as well. But it'll be interesting to wow. see. Maybe we'll reach out to her and see if she wants to come on and talk to us here on Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. Oh, yeah. We had to check and find out if she's interested. We'll be happy to have her on the show. So yeah, we that's for sure. We would definitely be happy to have her come on the show and all of that. By the way, I think I mentioned it. So um, there may be an upset brewing because, you know, later on this evening at exactly 8 o'clock, so about an hour from now, even though I've got another show to deal with in about 7 o'clock, but in about an hour, we're going to have the worst president, and there may be an upset in the making. That upset may be that Trump will not win, and maybe somebody that's currently in office will win. But, yeah, wow. there could be an upset in the making. I'm actually going to lobby that they have an asterisk if they win the title and all of that. But definitely there are two strong candidates, and one of them <laughs> is the current one. The other one is the past one. And there may be an upset in the making and all of that. And it looks like, what are you saying, Dean? I said interesting. It ought to be really interesting. <laughs> and apparently racial motivation is being debated in the closing of the Arbery killing hate crimes trial. So the jury is now deliberating in the federal hate crimes trial of the three men convicted of murdering Ahmad Arbery. So it ought to be interesting to see how much they pay attention to race and how much that goes into that particular verdict as well. And speaking of our folks and all, black farmers are fearing foreclosure as debt relief remains frozen. I've heard some people say that it's not a big deal, but lawsuits from white farmers have blocked $4 billion I said billion with a B, mm. a pandemic aid that was allocated to black farmers in the American Rescue Plan. So there is some serious concern. As a matter of fact, Brandon Smith, and I actually think I met him at some time or another, but I got to remember whether that was when we had a farmer's event here or not, or whether it was a, another one of the ranchers from that area. But he is a fourth-generation cattle rancher from Texas, and the $1.9 trillion stimulus project that President Biden signed into law nearly a year ago was long-awaited relief. Little did he know how much longer he would have to wait. The legislation included $4 billion of debt forgiveness for Black and other socially disadvantaged farmers, a group that has endured decades of discrimination from banks and the federal government. Mr. Smith, a Black father of four who owes about $200,000 in outstanding loans on his ranch, quickly signed and returned documents to the Agricultural Department last year, formally accepting the debt relief. He then purchased more equipment for his ranch, believing that he had been given a financial lifeline. Instead, Mr. Smith has fallen deeper in debt. Months after signing the paperwork, he received a notice informing him that the federal government intended to accelerate foreclosure on his 46-acre mm. property and cattle if he did not start making payments on the loans he believed had been forgiven. I trusted wow. the government that we had a deal, and down here at the end of the day, the rug gets pulled out from under me, Mr. Smith, 43, said in an interview. 
Black farmers across the nation have yet to see any of Mr. Biden's promised relief while the president has pledged to pursue policies to promote racial equity and correct decades of discrimination. Legal issues have complicated that goal. In May 2021, the Agricultural Department started sending letters to borrowers who were eligible to have their debt cleared, asking them to sign and return forms confirming their balance. I was like, that's what that man did and everything. So it looks like we might have a lot of, we already lost a lot of land and everything. And of course, this has to do with um, some bad practices of the USDA and some other financial government agencies as well. But definitely the white farmers are upset. They have stopped things and we might wind up losing even more land. Man, this seems like a repeat of past history and all of that. But yes, it what is. What are your thoughts about the fact that we might be losing even more land, even though we've lost tons of it as it is in the first place? I'm wondering, was that by design? Hmm. You know what I mean? And and I say that because think of, if you think of some of our <laughs> elders who are their ancestors who had land, and then they pass on, they pass it on to their heirs, but then something goes haywire along the way and the land ends up getting, you know, auctioned for non-payment of taxes or, you know, was the information given to the next person of how much had to be paid? Was it paid? Was not enough paid? You know, did you say it was paid and it wasn't? And then you try to go in behind the back and say, well, we're going to auction it off because, you know what, Mark Lee hasn't paid taxes in the last 10 years. Meanwhile, you've been sending your payments to one address for 10 years, but they've never been getting credit. And then you lose your land. I'm wondering, is it by design? Or is it just one of those things where I'll get to it later because we have other stuff that we are in the middle of? You know, so. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you get ready to start the other show, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, we go wind it down, man. Uh, any final thoughts that you got? No, that's about on? it. I don't know if you got any final thoughts. I actually got the two ladies meeting and talking to each other, so we got a few other minutes, but definitely some other craziness going on with this whole USA DA thing. And of course, we're going to be keeping track of the news and all of that and trying to line up some guests. When are we back again next? So I don't know when to invite people since I've been lack on that process lately. Yeah, we got to get unlikes. We're looking at next Monday, the, the 28th, which will be the last day of the, the, this month. Right. So, you know, we're looking at February 28th for the next show. What I did want to uh, just put out there, um, join Dr. Diamond with On the Couch with Dr. Diamond on Wednesdays, every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. starting this Wednesday, which will be February 23rd. And she discusses, uh, you know, mental health and and. She has a whole bunch of other topics that she'll discuss in the show, but it's called On the Couch with Dr. Diamond every other Wednesday, so bi-weekly at 7 p.m., and that'll be on YouTube, so you can actually go and look up On the Couch with Dr. Diamond, and it'll be right there. Some some shows will be live. Some shows will be, you know, pre-recorded, but they'll all be jumping off at Wednesdays at 7 p.m., so make sure to jump on and join the ride, man. 
It sounds like that's going to be a great ride. I know I'm looking forward to checking that out. We've got another online dinner party this Wednesday where we'll, we'll have different folks coming in and sharing their thoughts. We had like a comedian and uh, some health, uh, well, not health people, but business coaches last time. And who knows who I might have this time around. And of course, I'm going to see what we can do about getting guests here for us on Trade Talk with Dean and Mark. So I know that at um, Mondays, we've got a couple of shows that go on, including Maxine's. But I don't think there's anything at the 8 o'clock hour. So maybe we'll either do 6 or 8 o'clock on next Monday. But me and Dean will get together. And definitely, we will have a great conversation on next week and have some amazing things. Matter of fact, it might be 8 will be the better one because we'll be done with our president special. So we're actually okay. about the president special this week for a couple of weeks. So right now, I'm thinking it'll be at 8 o'clock, if that's okay with you. And then we'll yeah, I'm good with it. Okay. <laughs> I'm good with it. I'm not going to complain. In fact, let me put it in this calendar right now so that I won't be hitting you up like, hey, man, what time are we doing it? Did we say 6 or 8? You'll be like, dude, we said 8 o'clock. Yeah, we'll say 8 o'clock. <laughs> 8 o'clock works for me because then I'll be done with Maxine and I'll get a chance to bounce from Maxine to you instead of the other way around and all of that. So that's a, I'm thinking 8 o'clock is a perfectly good time. So let's go for 8 o'clock on this coming Monday or a week from today, the last Monday of February. So I'm going to turn it over to Dean in case he's got any closeouts that he wants to share with people now that we're on Anchor and all of that. But we're still on all those other platforms as well. And of course, mm-hmm. we still got our ally shows that we're still dealing with as well. So glad to be part of this great level group that we've got going on and look forward to having some more good and fun conversation on next week. Oh, yeah. So we, we, we'll we be there. See you next week, man. Sounds good. All right. It's Straight Talk with Dean and Mark, now on the Anchor platform. Be sure to catch the replays on the Skyhawk Radio Network. If you miss those, we have replays on Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podfollow, Deezer, GeoSaven, and right here on Anchor. We are also part of the Level Podcast Network, where you can catch other exciting shows such as The Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause, The Chef Gang Radio Show, Funk from the Front Seat, Funk Music with Zach, Learning Unwrapped, Let's K-12 Better, Marketing with Russ aka Hashtag Russ Selfie, Mona Shake and the Minority Report, Mullings, Music and Memories with Mark Lee, The Online Dinner Party with Mark Lee, The Plant a Good Seed Podcast, The Reinvention Road Trip, She's on Call, The Just Podcast, The Mark Lee Show, The Spin It Social Hour, Virginia Interfaith Live, On the Couch with Dr. Diamond, Candid Conversations with Dr. Diamond, and of course, Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. Like Dean Geronimo always says, when you walk outside your front door, it's showtime and the world is your stage. Just make sure that people are not watching the rehearsal.
on behalf of the sixth man Dean Geronimo and Mark Lee, have an outstanding week and be sure to catch us on the next show.